I've been really struggling with even mm. even talking about democracy. Democracy, yeah. We yeah. don't have to talk about democracy. We can talk about organizations or how organizations can grow or improve. Well, so what's difficult about democracy for me, like I always have a problem with left and right, uh-huh. right? like progressive and conservative, because I feel that like people are just not that simple. Like we can be both at the same time. Yeah. Right. And not only that, but depending upon scale, we are um, we have radically different perspectives. Like mm-hmm. there's this guy uh, that wrote a book called Skin in the Game, uh, Nassim Talib. And he has this this quote that I really love. He says, um, uh, at the federal level, so at like the nation state level, uh-huh. he's libertarian. Okay. Um, oh. At the state level, he is uh, Republican. Uh-huh. At the local level, he's Democrat. Uh-huh. Okay. And at the family or the friends level, he's socialist. <laughs> no, socialist. <laughs> okay. So like everybody shares everything. Okay, okay. Okay, when you're at the state, it's like, okay, we can be a bit progressive because uh-huh. it's all for our state. Uh-huh. At the federal level, it's like, man, just get out of here. Uh-huh. Just you do your thing. I'm doing my thing. I have my freedom. Do not, you know, do not tread on me. Uh-huh. Right? And I think that actually most people, if you are honest with them, right, they, they will um, – they will think that way. Mm-hmm. Like your friends, your family, if they need money, you give them money, right? Like should you give all of your money so the whole of Taiwan or the whole of America can be healthy? Mm-hmm. It's like, no. no. Like I got to take care of my family first, uh-huh. right? So it's right. like we have these different mm-hmm. ways of organizing, these different ways of governing at different levels. Right. Yet we're given this one size kind of fits all solution. Uh-huh. The, the other thing really bothers me about democracy is like – so it's a process for making decisions. Uh-huh. Right? But if you said, like, take marriage, for example, um, should it be democratic? Like, like, would you want people to vote, like, who you should marry? I am the last person to answer that question. <laughs> right? So, so, like, the only thing worse than a democratic process for marriage uh-huh. would be a dictator saying who you marry. And that's, okay. that's worse, right? Uh-huh. Like, if your parents say you're going to marry that person, that's probably worse than if you have five friends and if three of the five say you're going to marry that person, then you do it, uh-huh. right? But that's not what you want. Like, I think most people ultimately want to be able to self-govern. Right. Right? Uh-huh. Now, how do we do that in a way that doesn't hurt other people? Like, like it's not like, like I want to live in this selfish world where I'm happy and you're miserable. That's, that's no good. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, the coronavirus made that super clear. Right. Like, really, really clear that we're in a connected world. Mm-hmm. But this this problem that I always hit up against that I'm always trying to reconcile is that I am not like a hardcore sort of, I got my stuff, you know, screw you. But I'm also not like, hey, let's go pure democracy on everything. Let's just vote for everything. Like, I want to pick my wife. Like, I want to pick my job. Like, I don't want to have people vote for that. Uh-huh. Right. Like that's right. to me, that's insane. Yeah. Right. And then like when I'm at my my friends and my family, if my friends on hard time, well, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are like completely radically Hybrid. different systems. Uh-huh. Yet we're forced to pick, OK, either we're democracy or we're a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like you want these different levels. But there's no there's no. Like we don't have – this This goes back to this language and this like Neuralink thing, right? Where it's like we don't have a good language uh-huh. to explain governance at different levels. That's interesting because um, we talked about GovZero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, off the table when we were not in the studio. And um, you like GovZero. And, I love GovZero. Okay. And it's one of the reasons why you restored faith in politics or – or political discussion. I restored faith in the democratic process. Okay. I still hate politicians. Uh-huh. Right? I still think they're monkeys throwing poo. Okay? <laughs> but this process, like, could you actually use a democratic process uh-huh. where the people can participate? Mm-hmm. That's the part that GovZero inspired me. Mm-hmm. I was so excited about that. Okay. So for those who have no idea what GovZero is, GovZero is a hacker collective. So basically, it's a group of hackers, but they're not organized. So each of them, 
represents him or herself only, and there are individuals. But GovZero is a online platform for everyone to contribute and for everyone to access. And then、um, in Taiwan, but how do they organize? Like so, it's still very organized, but it's very different, right? So for like, me, like, like what does the average person in Taiwan、okay. understand about GovZero? Okay, so I am not one of the hackers. I'm not in the organization, but for me, I can access、um, their website and the information, and they have made information public and transparent. Where are they getting in, this information from? Okay, so basically, Taiwan's government has some information. That's made accessible to the general public, but they may not be digitized. For example, government、uh. budget. Okay, so they are available in paper form, and then there's a bunch of people working on the GovZero website, digitizing everything. So and and visualizing them. So、um, they turn chart into interactive pies. So you can click on each.、Um, Piece of the pie, and then、um, check more details about how government is spending taxpayers' money. Uh huh. And then there's one thing that's really interesting about GovZero is issues over labels. So if,、um, for example, one of the project that I like about GovZero is that、um, they publicize donations received by. All candidates, or all politicians. So,、um, well, the law says that you have to make it public. But、um, before GovZero digitizing this, no one really had ideas about oh,、um, how much money did this candidate receive from that TV station or that、yep. radio program? There was this joke that、uh, when. Um, Apple was suing Samsung because Samsung kept copying the iPhone design,、uh-huh. and I think there was a, a judge that said, "Okay, Samsung has to pay、um, Apple five hundred million dollars." It was、uh-huh. some number like that.、Okay. It could have been a hundred million, but it was a big number.、Uh-huh. And、um, there was this meme that went around the internet, and it was that Samsung sent a hundred million dollars in pennies、okay. <laughs> to Apple headquarters. So they,、uh-huh. they they showed these huge like dump trucks full of pennies,、uh-huh. right? And it's like.、Um, You can't do anything with that, right? And、um, so much of government is releasing information in a format that people can't、oh, do anything with. Oh, yeah. To yeah. me, it's like just giving somebody like a hundred million dollars worth of pennies. It's completely useless. Like, what are you going to do with this? Right. So I would say that these hackers collected the pennies. Yes. And then they package them up. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. And then made it very, very clear, very, very detailed for dummies. Like me, to have a clearer idea of what the government is doing. So, are these hackers、um, like what's their background? Where are they coming from? Are these mainly coming from the schools from open source projects? Like I was reading a bit, and it sounds like there's a lot of open source culture, but it's not purely open source. It's different. Where do I, they come from? I don't know. I have no idea, and I don't think anyone has a. I don't. I don't think anyone has a list of all of the hackers contributing to GovZero. Does does、uh, people here think about these as?、Um, I, okay, like, so what's the role that they see? Like, what's the role that you see GovZero playing right now? Let me ask you that. Okay, first, I didn't、though. know anything about GovZero until I、um, participated in the Sunflower Movement. Yeah. Uh huh. So there was a movement in Taiwan in 2014 when、um, the Congress was about to pass a set of bills that were in favor of China's investment.、Um, it's called Surface Trade Act, and、um, supposedly this act should be reviewed in the Congress clause by clause. But somehow,、um, one of the committee members decided to rush it into passage, and then、um, when people found out about it, there were protests around the Congress、um, against this rushed decision. And then they were asking for public hearings and committee reviews for this bill 
class by class. And then um, the pro-China political party was not was very reluctant about this class by class review. So um, the protests became bigger and bigger. And finally, in one evening, about 50 students broke into the Congress. And then they occupied the Congress. And um, and I, th- I think you told me you played a role there, right? Like, can you tell me? Okay. Like, yeah. Like, so I, I was, how did that go down from your I, perspective? I was working at home. And okay. then my brother, who was seven years younger than me, said that, oh, did you know that some college students broke into the Congress? And I said, I have no idea. And then he just went out. Were you even interested in politics at that point? Like, like, or, or were you just focused on your interpretation stuff? Uh, that's a tough question. Okay. Because I interpreted for politicians. Oh. <laughs> I, I interpreted for the president and the vice president in the first three years of my career. And then I interpreted for the defense ministry and the intelligence community. So I... Uh, Did you have a high opinion of these people or you're just like, all these guys are dirtbags? <laughs> I like them you actually. Did. I like them as people. So uh. I know that they are not likable. Uh. Uh, okay, so for example, I like Annette Lu, Lu Xiaolian. Okay. Uh, she was the vice president when I was working in the foreign ministry. And then um, I can tell you a personal story. Sure. Yeah. Um, when I got this job, um, I was the youngest interpreter ever being hired for that position. And then my senior colleagues would um, would say something like, oh, you know what, this is, the job is very scary and it, it can be very stressful. And then if you make one mistake, even if you translate it, so you may translate for 10,000 words and then you make one mistake and then you're banned forever and then you'll be isolated, you'll be frozen. So they were telling me scary stories like that. And then two months into the job, I got an opportunity to interpret for Annette Lu. And then they were like, oh, you know what? She graduated from Harvard and she speaks English fluently. So she's really picky about interpreters. And then um, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be really prepared. You gotta be perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I arrived at her office, um, uh, 15 minutes earlier and her secretary was super nice to me. She was like, oh, would you like to have some tea and chocolate before <laughs> the starts? And then, um, she, Anatoly, she welcomed the delegation one by one at the door and then she welcomed everyone in English. And then I thought, okay, maybe this is a cue. So maybe she won't let me translate today. And then when she got seated, she said that, oh, um, I met you before when I was visiting the United States. Uh, I wasn't a politician then, but right now I'm the vice president of this country. So I'm going to speak Chinese now. And we have a very young professional interpreter with us today. So I'm going to give her a try. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then she spoke for about an hour. Oh, she was meeting the granddaughter of Eisenhower. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they were friends um, before. Were were you? Were you like freaked out for that first time? Like, were you calm? Were you confident? I like, was just really excited. You're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she made you feel like, okay, you can do this, huh? Um, I have a feeling that she trusts me, but it's also a test drive. Mm. So it's like make it or break it. Yeah. How did you do? Uh, I couldn't tell, but her staff were smiling. So uh. I think I did an okay job. And then when the meeting was over, she said, can you stay here for five minutes? And then she walked these people out. And then she came back to her office. And then I was standing there. I had no idea why she wanted to. She wanted me to stay for another five hours. And according to my colleagues, maybe she wanted to give me some critiques mm-hmm. or some feedback. So mm-hmm. I was just waiting for my performance review and then she said oh take a seat and then she said in Taiwanese dialect that did you know that I went into jail and I said of course everyone in Taiwan knows that you went to jail for a very long time and she she went to what was she in jail for democracy oh right uh she 
was a activist when Taiwan was under the martial law. So basically,、um, these political movements were、um, not allowed, were illegal at that time. So she was put into prison for a very long time. I think over ten years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then she said, "You know what she said? She said, 'I could speak English very well when I went to Harvard, and then I lost my proficiency in jail.' Wow. And then when I was listening to your interpretation, I was actually taking an English class. Hmm." She's like forty years older than me, and she went to Harvard, and she's the vice president, and she was so humble. Yeah, and then every time she saw me, she would say, "Okay, I'm counting on you." That's cool. That's yeah,、great. yeah. So I like her. I know that she's not an amicable politician, and she sometimes makes remarks that people don't appreciate. But I just like her as a person, and then、um, it. So, because of that, because of these personal connections, it was very hard for me、um, when when a million people were when oh okay. So I think it was two thousand and six. Yeah, right, right. Two thousand and six. A million people、um, requested to depose the then president. Okay. Uh huh. Because of corruption scandals.、Yeah. Right.、Um, someone initiated a campaign to depose Chen Shui-bian, the then president, and then a million people joined him to depose him. Yes, and then they <clears throat> besieged the presidential office on the national day. So it was actually quite awkward and embarrassing to be the president's interpreter on the national day, when you saw that the presidential office was was surrounded by. Um, spikes to protect it.、Huh? Right, right. Wow. And usually the national day is the biggest event of the year, and then you saw all of the ambassadors and representatives. They had to go through security checkpoints to come to the presidential office and say congratulations. So did you feel? So I'm trying to get into your headspace. So like, when.、Um, When the students were rushing the legislative branch, I guess, right? Yeah, the yeah. Congress. Congress.、Um, like, were you like conflicted? Oh. Like, like, should I, should I help the kids or should I help the politicians? Like, was there a conflict going on, or are you just like, like, like your brother saw this, but you weren't paying attention, and then you felt you could play a role, I guess, right? Yeah. But well, but but did you stay out because you were? No, that's really interesting because I interpreted for、um, presidents from both parties. Okay. And then what I found, people are really curious, genuinely curious or interested, is what insiders are thinking or what insiders observed during these political events. And so、um, when sunflower movement happened, I just wanted to get inside. Okay. And of course, I want to know what's going on there, and I want to know if my brother was there, and also I think that people should know what's going on.、Uh, these people may not be riots. Yeah.、Uh-huh. Was there any、um, like, was there any channel where regular people could understand what was going on? Like, was the media reporting this? Were they, were they streaming it? Like, I guess. Two thousand six was there streaming? No, Maybe, no, no.、Right? Sunflower movement is twenty fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. So there would have been yeah, streaming. The depose campaign was two thousand and six. Okay, so the、uh, so the two thousand fourteen when they were、um, rushing this place, like was was information getting out or was it sort of stuck in there as well? Well, at first, when people were asking for the Congress to review the Surface Trade Act clause by clause, some journalists were reporting this, but not too many. And then, when students broke into the Congress, there were no journalists around. But one man broke into the Congress with them, and then this guy is in his forties, I think. Yeah, and then、um, he was using his iPad to stream what's going on. Uh huh. And then、um, from the video streamed, I saw that、um, electricity and water were cut. 
in the first few hours, and then、um, the students were building fortresses using the chairs and desks,、uh -huh. and they were、um, fighting against the police. And then, how did you? Got、how did、it. you get down there? Like, what? What were you thinking? Oh, okay. So I was staying up all night waiting for my brother to come home, but he didn't. So by three a.m. What was your brother doing? Just part of the protest, or I, no, I, no. I, really, I really don't know. I think <laughs> to this day you're still not sure, huh? Yeah, yeah.、Um, I I don't think he's the kind of person who's really into politics, but there's a feeling in Taiwan, especially. Um, there's a feeling among young people in Taiwan that this act can impact Taiwan's economy if it's passed. So a few days before this、um, break-in, people were talking online about it.、Um, there's there's a feeling that if it's passed, Taiwan can be a new colony to China. Because it's going to allow Chinese investors to invest in publishing, and telecommunication, and banks, and hospitals, which means that,、um, okay, for、uh, for example, there's a scenario that if it's passed, then telecommunication companies can be invested by Chinese companies, and in the future maybe. You won't be able to access Facebook or Google or Reddit on your phone because you are using internet service provided by a company that's invested by China. So most of these kids, the students,、um, they grew up with the internet, right? Yes. Like like the same internet that like Americans would have, where you、uh -huh. have this open internet, you can go anywhere you want. Right. It, there's is there any censoring going on at all in Taiwan from the internet, or is it really just it's an, it's fully open? I don't recall any censorship. So, so the kids were very worried that, like, yeah, the whole、um, yeah. information economy would be changed. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Chinese tourists come to Taiwan to buy books that are not allowed in China. So, censorship is a very serious problem in China. But in Taiwan, we have freedom of speech and freedom of publication. So, protecting the publisher industry is very important. And then. Um, one of the ways is to make sure that they are not invested by China. Uh huh. So that is why so many young people care about the passage of the act. They don't want the act to be passed without reviews, without public reviews, or without any public hearings. So they were protesting against it.、Uh -huh. So I don't think my brother is the kind of、um, enthusiast or activist, but most young people. At that time, were really concerned with their future,、uh, being impacted by the Surface Trade Act. And、um, one thing, the Surface Trade Act was allowing China to invest in Taiwan's healthcare, and and that is why many doctors and nurses supported the Sunflower Movement. What were the the hospitals and the doctors and nurses like? What were they afraid of? It was a long time ago, so I I I couldn't be sure. But I checked some information、um, these days. One of the scenarios is that in the future, when you go to hospitals or clinics in Taiwan, it's very likely that you will be treated by Chinese doctors, and then. The examination system, the certification, and the qualification systems in Taiwan and China are very different. Taiwan, as most people people know, have a very high standard and a very high bar for doctors' qualifications and nurses' qualifications too. But in China, the standard can be inconsistent.、Mm -hmm. So some people worry that. Um, if we open our hospitals and clinics for Chinese doctors to come here to practice, then in the future the standard may be inconsistent, and also it means that、um, they are going to use different kind of prescriptions or different kind of procedures. Uh huh. And and it also means that they can treat Chinese patients too. So、um, people were worried that. After China opened its markets 
uh, after Hong Kong opened its markets to China, local Hong Kong patients had to wait longer for their appointment, and this is going to happen to Taiwan. Mm. Yeah, I see. So uh, the the students were occupying. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I was staying up, and then when it's when it was four a.m. in Taiwan, my friends in Europe woke up, and then they saw me online, and then asked me why. How I did they see you? Like Facebook or what? Facebook. Okay, and you were just like writing. Yeah, I was telling them what's going on, and then I f- I realized that um, they couldn't find anything about this in the English world, so I decided to get in. So I asked one of my friends, who's really really pro green. Okay. And then I asked him if he knows anything about the break-in and the occupation. Is it occupation? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and right. And then he said he could get me in. And then I said okay. And um, that entire night, my only information source was from the iPad streaming what's going on. Uh huh. I um I know that someone. In his forty, was holding the iPad all night, and then he was using a mobile power bank to supply uh, to to charge his iPad and using his phone to provide his iPad the internet access, and then he was dozing off <laughs> from time to time. And um, there were about twenty to thirty people watching his live stream videos online. Some people commented that, oh, you should take a nap now or you should find a way to get some sleep. So I told my friend that I want to help him. I, I really think that he needs a break. So when he is taking a break, I can um, live stream in English. So um, he he needs some sleep anyway, and it's nighttime in Taiwan when it's daytime in other parts of the world. So um, a English channel can be helpful too. Mm-hmm. So I'm I was there to compliment his. Do life. you think of that as kind of Gov Zero? Like, would you think of yourself as one of these Gov Zero people or no? Um, I like to think that I was independent from any group. Okay. Uh huh. Because sure. after I got so would Gov Zero people, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> after I got in, um, I, f- I I saw that the students were very organized. They were very structured. Um, they didn't destroy anything other than using the desks and chairs to build fortress. And they were recycling waste in the Congress. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, about five people um, were quickly assembled into an international team. So they were translating too. They were translating information on Google Docs. In different languages? Um, oh, mainly English and Chinese? Or? Mainly English and Japanese. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, huh. we had a Japanese channel too. Huh. Uh-huh. More people joined me um, later in the event. So uh, we were independent, but there were about seven of us. Uh-huh. So we were uh, streaming in Chinese, English, and Japanese. Mm. Uh-huh. Not Korean. No. Why? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I would have thought Korea would. Uh, no, we didn't receive too much attention uh. from Korea. Uh. Yeah, but we were independent. And then there, there's a group in Sunflower Movement that was responsible for international communication. Oh, I see. Yeah. You were just... We were on our own. You were autonomous. You were by yourself out there. Right, right, right. Interesting. And it was the time when people started to use Google Doc for information sharing. So um, they were writing something like news release, but but it's not... It's not official press release on Google Documents, but everyone could access it. So, um, so people would know what's going on inside, and um, a lot of people donated food or flashlights or water, and then um, they were using Google Sheets to. Um, organize the donations. So Google tools were like 
Yeah, and Hackpad. Oh, Hackpad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And Google Calendar. Mm. Uh, they use Google Calendar to organize soapbox s- speeches. Interesting. Uh huh. And then there was street performance too outside of the Congress. How long did the whole protest go on for? March 18 to mid-April, so about a month. About a month. Uh-huh. And then, so the bill was sort of stopped, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And then this other stuff that you like, like the budgets. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at the some of the tools they made for the pricing for homes. Oh. So again, this is all like information that exists but doesn't exist in a form that's easy to use. Right. Um, most of this work came sort of after that year, right? Yeah. I think it was it was the movement that familiarized everyone with these online tools. So people were using Dropbox and Google Drive for their homeworks or for their work, but it was the first time when people realized that oh, um, we can use Google Drive to make our country better. That's interesting. Or make our society better. Yeah. Uh huh. It's something. So accessible to everyone. It's free. You don't need learning. You don't need any tutorial at all. There's a there's a pragmatic side to、mm-hmm. Taiwanese that I really admire. If it was in America and you had kind of the free software, open source software,、mm-hmm. they'd be like, "I'm not going to use Google. Screw Google. Like, you know, we're going to use like LibreOffice or something that probably would not have real time sharing, would not." Allow everybody to work on it together. So there's this like, yeah. But then accessibility. So if you're using something like that, you kind of limits the participation to elite. Okay, so this is the part that I find most interesting about Taiwan. Uh huh. In America, we do have a lot of open information, free of information act. But typically, the people that get involved with that, at least the ones that I've、um, come in contact with, they're not so focused on. Okay, how do we let everyone access this? Like, how do we make sure it's easy to access?、Um, the first、uh, Obamacare website, when it went up, it like crashed all the time. It was impossible to use. Nobody, nobody knew what was going on. I mean, it was a humongous disaster. There was never this focus on okay, what works, what's practical. And I feel that like a lot of the stuff you're telling me is like okay, it's not perfect. It's not free software. It's not open source software. It's still controlled by a company, but it's. It's good enough to make it to where the maximum number of people that possibly could use it will use it.、And、I find that the, the really refreshing. The key here is、somehow. mobilization. Yeah. The thing is,、uh, they or I wanted to mobilize as many people as possible. Yeah. So I want to encourage and involve as m- many people as possible. So I have to choose a way that is open to everyone. And then, if you have an Android phone, then you have Google. Sure. Right. So,、yeah. what's better than Google Doc for、yeah. for Nothing, information、really. sharing? Yeah. 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 Uh huh. You 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 don't even need to go to App Store to install anything. Was the the messaging apps like Line and these chatbots was that playing in a role back then, or is this kind of more later? I wasn't using Line to communicate with anyone inside or outside. What were you using back then?、Um, maybe WhatsApp. Yeah. What's WhatsApp or、yeah. Facebook Messenger? Yeah.、Uh, Facebook Messenger back then was very basic, but it was good enough. Yeah. Uh huh. So Line Line was something that happened later.、Uh. How much do like? So, so the、um, the people, the youth. What do you think their their goal was? Like, was it to come up with a different way of governing, or was it like, hey, just open up what you're governing? Like, like, did people want to get involved with with what we from, would call from politics? From what I saw,、yeah. people just don't want to become a. We we just don't want to live in a colony. Yeah, you don't want to lose control. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to lose democracy. We don't want to lose our freedom, and that's it. But it's sort of—it seems like it went further than that, right? Like, I mean, that might have been the initial sort of catalyst. Right. But when you're saying like political party donations,、mm-hmm. hey, let's say let let's let's show really clearly who gets what money. 
and they're making a tool for that. Like this is it's, something it, different. It's right? a process. So I think that before or at sunflower movement, people just didn't want to lose our future. We we didn't want to lose our freedom, and then. We realize that oh, we may lose our freedom and democracy in our future if the government is a black box. Okay. Uh huh. The black the black box is the key theme of the entire movement. Um, people were talking about breaking the black box all the time in that month. So I think it's a very strong impression that. Uh, Tells people transparency is very important. I met so many doctors in the Congress. I interviewed them because at two a.m. there was nothing to do. <laughs> so so I interviewed them and I, I asked them why you're here. What about your work? Um, is it too tired? Well, these were not politicians. These were just doctors, doctors that came yeah. down to protest. Yeah, 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 yeah. They volunteered to come here to protect us. So if anyone. Needs medical attention, not just the protesters, not just the students, the the the, the journalists too. If anyone um, needs medical attention, they were right there. And then, not just frontline doctors, we also saw a nutritionist, wow, and psychologist who suggested us to turn off the light after nine p.m. Because at first it was. Bright like this, twenty four hours, and then some people were getting sleeping disorder or sure. or other problems. So actually, a psychologist came in and then suggested that we leave only uh ten uh, percent of the light on after night. That's hilarious. Sounds like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but you you want people to stay healthy there, otherwise yeah. they may become uh, rioters. Yeah.、Um, the other thing I. Remember hearing was that nobody died. Like it, it was this like revolution that nobody died. Uh huh. Yeah, but people were injured. So at one point, the government was using water cannon on protesters.、Uh, like broken bones or just like feelings、uh, were hurt. No, broken bones. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay.、Uh -huh. I mean, wow. So it's a revolution. People are not that vulnerable or that fragile. So I'm talking about serious injuries. Serious injuries. Yeah. Huh. Uh huh. Some people were beaten. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, huh. Uh, there, there was physical conflict. So nobody died. Yes, but there was, there were physical conflict. Wow. Uh huh. And then, do you think like the average person, like, like did this black box? Did it open up? Like, do you feel that? Oh, huh, that's a good question. So. Yes and no. So, so、um, at least for me,、um, or people around me, we didn't really know what Congress people were doing in their terms. We know that oh, they are lawmakers, but how do they make laws, and what discussions do they have before making a law or before putting everything in writing? We actually didn't have too too much ideas. And then、um, it's through this movement that people understand. Okay, so there are political parties and different caucuses, and then different committees. And committees can make trade-offs, or committee members can、um, they can schedule public hearings and then invite people to come. But they can also schedule last-minute public hearings. And then no one shows up. Yeah. And then they can claim that oh, we already told everyone that this is going to be passed and this is going to be written into the bill, but no one objected. Objected. So we're going to do this anyway. That's what happened before sunflower movement.、Um, some Congress people said that okay,、um, we we will organize public hearings, but. Every time it's very last minutes, and then it pissed other people off. So,、um, it the 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 protest became bigger and bigger, and eventually led to the break in and the occupation of the Congress. So,、um, I think that the the sunflower movement educated the general public 
how the Congress was working, and then what we can do about it. So there are a lot of documents that people just don't read, like the pennies. And then some educated hackers or some educated uh, legal professionals can help us understand by translating them into plain Chinese or into infographics. Like, is, is this accelerating? Like, do you feel like there's more of this or is it kind of slowing down now? Um, for me, I think it's slowing. Uh, it's slowing down. Because of but, COVID or? Uh, no, because no. I'm older. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's why I said, for me, I feel that it's slowing down. But COVID kind of accelerated a branch of the GovZero um, um, movement or programs. So Taiwan developed a mask map mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the outbreak. And the mask map is a way to help people um, identify where they can find available surgical masks. Yeah, this was very popular, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember reading that, um, I, th- I think it was in a Wired article, that the first day it racked up like um, uh, $35,000 U.S. Um, the bill? Bill, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. from from, yeah. from Google Maps because Google charges you. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then Google ended up giving the money back. Yeah, they yeah. waived it. Uh-huh. Yeah, interesting. So, right. Oh, so some hackers developed it. On their own. That's why they were charged by Google. But then the government found out about it. And then the government thought, this is a great idea. So they decided to open a government database for the developers so that the information can be updated every 30 seconds. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I wanted to ask next. It's uh-huh. really like, how is the government cooperating with GovZero how does GovZero kind of push things back to the government? Like, does this process feel like it's working? Is there anything really interesting that you've read there or you've seen? I think at first there are different silos. Yeah. The government is a silo and then GovZero is a silo. But of course, GovZero was trying to build a tunnel <laughs> yeah. into this yeah, silo yeah, yeah. and then taking information from the government yeah. silo and then making it public. But basically, they were independent silos at first. And then we have a minister mm-hmm. who's a hacker from GovZero. And then the two silos are connected now. So, so, yeah. so her role. Yeah. Audrey Tang. Audrey Tang. Her, yeah. her role is to kind of yeah. build this tunnel, huh? Right. right. So she is the tunnel mm. between the two silos. So she, um, she, um, she is very sensitive or she's constantly updated with what's going on in GovZero. That's why she could find out about the mask map. Um, so she's in, not really the- GovZero, right? I mean... She's not a leader of GovZero, let me put it that way, because it has no is. leaders, right? I don't think she is. I think she is just one of them. She's okay. one of the members, but she's not in the organization. Yeah. What do politicians think? Hmm. Um, I don't know what they think, but um, from what I have observed, um, I think Audrey Tang did a great thing. Um, she helped government officials to understand what's lean startup or what's lean development or what's agile development. Um, one of the key concepts for lean development or agile development is to learn from mistakes. But in the past, policymakers have to guarantee that their policies work, right? So in the past, if they say, oh, we want to do this, they almost have to guarantee that this is going to work. And if not, one of them has to resign. Mm. right? But that's not what Lean Startup means. Lean Startup means that, oh, so you roll out a better version, and then you collect feedback, and then you upgrade it. So she introduced this concept to the government and to everyone in Taiwan. And then... We know that, okay, so there's going to be a better version. And then it is okay for the governments to change the policy later. 
And is this is that working? Yeah, I yeah. Because that's amazing. I mean, if that can happen, because like if if you have to get something right the first time, then all you can really do is something that looked like something you've already done before. Right. That's not innovation. No. Yeah. yeah, and then if you have to do something right in the first time, it guarantees that you're not going to take any risk. That's right. Uh huh. Yeah. So take the mask distribution for example. Um, the original idea is that oh, everyone can go to a pharmacy and use your health card to buy masks at seven dollars a piece, and mm -hmm. then you're given a weekly ration of like seven pieces. Something like that. I don't remember the details. And then later, it was it was changed in about two weeks. That oh, uh, the the number was changed, and the price was changed, and then the distribution method was changed too. So you saw constant changes, but you know that it doesn't mean that the government has failed. It means that the government is improving. They are making improvements based on the. Feedback they collected from the previous week. Yeah, I think that that feedback loop of people to the government, like the shorter that feedback loop can get, uh -huh. it seems like the more real this whole kind of democratic experiment yeah. can be. Uh -huh. uh, like I think that's the. I think what the rest of the world can learn from Taiwan is just. That if you create this feedback loop, so you have the silo here, the silo here. If you have somebody that can, like, you know, connect them. tunnel, uh -huh. yeah, that that both sides can get better, significantly better. Yeah, and the idea of being lean and agile, I think that's really helpful too, because I think it's very innovative for government officials to change their policies constantly. For sure. Yeah, because sure. in the past, people believe that if you make changes, it undermines your credibility. Yeah. But now, are the government beginning to use these tools like Google Docs and Sheets, and or are they still using their systems? It's just the tunnel is more things are coming in and out of the tunnel. Um, I'm not sure if the government is using Google Doc. Mm -hmm. Um, that may be too risky because mm -hmm. you 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 may be able to make changes without. They're worried about that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I know that Taiwan's government enjoy using Line, the instant messaging app for public communication. Oh, really? Yeah. So they each have their different accounts. Like the Politicians have Line accounts. Yeah, and government departments too. Oh, wow. So Taiwan's CDC uh -huh. has a CDC Line account. Mm. And um, Taiwan's customer, Customs uh-huh has its own account and i think the police has its national police administration account too and then they make announcements mm. on their line app all mm. the time oh. interesting yeah. i would love to see gov zero produce more tools that mm -hmm. would allow people here to not have to use line or to not have to use Google Docs or not have to use Facebook because it feels like... Do you want something that's 100% neutral? Well, I think it would be good to have tools that were not controlled by a corporation. A okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because like at the end of the day, on Facebook, what you see is a black box. I mean, it's like we've sort of like I get the fact that that a Facebook black box is different than a government black box. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still a black box. Yeah. And then this black box, the Facebook black box is like it's blacker. It's blacker. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's also so it's it's tweaking it to where it boosts ad revenue. Uh -huh. The politician black box is also economic. Right. Uh -huh. Usually it's about the money. Yeah. Right. And so like in both of these things, the social has been captured by the uh, the corporations. Um, the politics has been captured by the money. Uh -huh. So both of these black boxes are in many ways not conducive to, okay, how do we 
govern people better, mm -hmm. right? So I would be really curious, like, is there enough uh, will for GovZero to start pushing out tools that would allow for, for, for the um, more self-governance? Okay. Do you use Hackpad? I use HackMD. I think it's oh, quite similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So is it? They're also Taiwanese. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Like, <laughs> a lot of my friends started um, using HackMD. I don't know a few years ago. Uh huh. And um, uh, somebody on our team was like, "Yeah, they're down the street. Do you want to meet them?" And I'm like, "Really? They're like, yeah. This, this this is a great tool. So okay. so I think like that 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 skill set must exist in Taiwan. Uh huh. But wait, um, are Hackpad and HackMD they're corporate different. products? They are. I mean, they're okay. they're startups. Okay. Um, so it's not so much that um, it's the company producing something. Uh -huh. It's that what's being produced is a black box. Okay. So I'm I'm all for companies. I mean, of course, I'm. I'm running a company, right? right? Like I think companies are tremendous forces of good for the world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, the the nonprofit um, has a really difficult, like in my opinion, at least, the incentives are really difficult for a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, the incentives for a for profit are really simple. It's like you have to create more value right. than you consume. Uh -huh. It's very, very simple. Right. Right, and if you don't, you die, uh -huh. which is the way it should be. Uh -huh. Right, and so, um, so I'm not at all against corporations. I like corporations. I think corporations are great ways of organizing. Mm -hmm. But what I'm really concerned about are corporations that produce black boxes that then get used by by uh, society or citizens. Oh. Right, because to me, it's the same. It's like okay, we have this black box that comes from government or a black box that comes from corporation, uh -huh. they both don't answer to the people. Right, right. So um, is it possible that we can have a Wikipedia version of collaboration tools? Is it something that you're looking for? I was looking at the tools that GovZero use, and they're really interesting. Um, there's a bunch of them. They're very sort of uh, well decentralized, of course. Right? <laughs> Google Docs is really easy to use because it's so centralized, uh -huh. right? And they, you know, they allow you to do stuff like open it up so everyone can see the link, mm -hmm. accessible right from the web. Mm -hmm. um, I I got a uh, an e residency card from Estonia. Oh, right, and um, how? Oh, you can apply. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's been. I think it's been five or six years at uh -huh, least, right? Uh -huh. Since and what they, does it do? Um, you can basically do everything but vote. So, like, you can be a resident, right? So, like, in Taiwan, I'm a resident. I'm not a citizen, right? right? And so I can do a lot of stuff in Taiwan, but I can't vote, right? right? So I have, no, I have no say in any of the governance uh -huh, in Taiwan, uh -huh. yet I can open a bank account, you know, get a – you know, get a mobile phone. Uh -huh. You know, get a right. get a driver's license. All of this kind of stuff. Uh -huh. I can I can pay taxes. <laughs> That's important. Which they want you to do, but then right. you can't vote. So, uh -huh. um, so what what Estonia did was to sort of create this e residency program where anyone anywhere in the world, if they wanted to, could participate. Uh -huh. um, in, and then it was all digital. Okay. So it was all online. And um, I remember I went to the the embassy mm -hmm. uh, in Beijing. And um, they had me f sign on paper, and they say this, this is the last time we will ever ask you for a signature on oh, paper. Okay. From now on, it's all uh -huh. digital. Uh -huh. right? uh -huh. And um, so th there's a there's a really kind of like I wish there was a way to get more information outside to the rest of the world, to the other democracies um, that. That there are some key tools that really help to crack open this this black box, this this democratic black box. Right. Crack that open so things can be more sort of hey, we'll organize on our own. You know, we want to give speeches. Mm -hmm. Google Sheet is enough to do that. Like you don't need a political party. You know, you, you don't need any of that stuff. You can just mm -hmm. go from the bottom up. Right. And then you know, and then this sort of tunnel where you have the politics and the, or the politicians and the 
you know, the people and there's something that kind of gets things back and forth. Like mm -hmm. that to me is so fascinating. Mm. There's nothing like it that I know anywhere else. It's like the most interesting thing I can imagine. Why not? I mean, why, why um, isn't America using it or, or why do you think it's so unique to Taiwan? Or do you think we can uh, replicate this or try something similar in other places? Well, the open source movement and the free software movement was very strong in America and Europe. Uh -huh. But it was very much like stay in your lane. Like we are software people the only lobbying we would do to the government would be to make sure that, say, for example, copyright mm -hmm. or some sort of copyright uh -huh. protections would not prevent the ability to make software. Right. And I feel like Taiwan somehow sort of said, well, okay, well, um, we can use sort of open source mm -hmm. as a concept, not like not even as a tool per se. It's more of a concept because like, GovZero was not using that much open source, at least the way I see it. Uh -huh. And to use this sort of methodology, Open up. uh -huh. opening up things to um, to look at governance again. Uh -huh. Yeah, and it's it, it's both. Yeah, it's like if if we go back to kind of like I want to be a libertarian at the country level, I want to be a socialist at the family and friend level. Uh -huh. Somewhere in the middle, I'm going to be you know something on that spectrum. Right. Um, this this GovZero-ish sort of open up the tools, let people see what's going on. Somehow to me, that's like, that's the path. Like that's the way that you get this, these, um, you know, so you have left and right. Mm -hmm. And this is like a Z axis. This is a completely different axis. And and that's that's the part that I feel is like, missing from everywhere. And I don't even think Taiwanese really actually understand that the rest of the world doesn't have that. Right. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important for us to tell everyone that this is possible and yeah. then and and it's practical. But and I wish you'd go a step further and to package it such that the rest of the world could use it. I mean what what was what was so powerful about, you know, Linux is that it can be used anywhere. Like um, rockets, SpaceX sends these rockets into space and they run Linux. Uh -huh. And um, governments can run Linux. And so, like, how do you get these, these tools for governance or tools for self-governance? Like, how do these get out to the rest of the world? I mean, they're, they're really, really powerful, I feel like. And Taiwan is going in such an amazing direction because of these tools. But I think it's even hard to like, um, it's even hard to explain this concept, I feel, in like a simple short way. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Linux model works here. It's not quite. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I think accessibility is really important and then mobilizing people. It's more important than just the open part. Right? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think involving people is really important no matter how tech savvy they are. Mm -hmm. I don't use Linux. I if if I have to go to a museum to understand rocket science or understand how the earth is rotating again around the sun and I have to use Linux, I won't be able to uh, get anything useful from that tour. So um I think that's why visualizing information, visualizing data, and then yeah. turn words and charts into infographic is so important. Yeah, I feel like like the um, the ability to open up information. Uh -huh. So people that are good at um, explaining information, educating people about the information, uh -huh. like that's a process. Right. And... Um, and oftentimes, like like us technical people, we just get sort of in love with the the technology, uh -huh. as opposed to understanding that the technology is to enable a process. Right. 
Right? And if that process works, then the outcomes get better for everyone. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you get sort of stuck in the technology and you're kind of too extreme, hey, okay, it has to be this kind of technology, it can't be that technology, then the outcome you wanted in the first place, break open that black box, so I think doesn't that, work. I think tech for good, yeah, um, yeah, tech for, for good can be a public good. Yeah. That's what software engineers or developers or technologists can think about. And when you have a goal, tech is just a mean. So it it doesn't have to be a great tech tool. It it but it has to be accessible to everyone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's like the most for me at least that was the biggest takeaway. Um <laughs> is that like what GovZero is doing is actually making um, the information and the technology accessible to sort of the widest audience possible, including right. the politicians. Like this tunnel going back and forth is is such a critical part. Like you remove that tunnel, you kind of snip it again, and you got the silo for government and then the silo for the hackers. And they don't really help each other to get better, right? Yeah. When you said everyone and the widest audience, um, it reminds me of a personal story. So when I was um, providing English live streaming videos in the Congress, um, my co-founder then was pregnant. And I love her. I still love her, although we are not working together. And um, every night, her husband insists on tuning into my live stream channel (laughs) so their baby can know what's going on. Oh, wow. They think that this, the entire movement and protest is going to impact her future. So you see, um, getting inside, telling everyone what's going on and broadcasting it in a public channel um, is, is the key here for everyone, including a fetus. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think like those, those live streams reached? Like, do you have any sense? Did you ever see any numbers on it? Um, my English channel, yeah. I would say a few thousands. Yeah. And our Japanese channel reached more people. Huh. Uh-huh. And the Japanese audience was very, very interactive. Why do you think they, the English audience wasn't just fully embracing this? Like, what is it about? My English? <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Your English is amazing. What is it about us, yeah. English? Like, us, like, as in I people that are native English. I still English. don't know. Like, I, I, yeah, that, that's something that I need to answer. I still don't know what English audience is looking for. Or I still don't know how to engage English audience. I, I was just speaking what I want to say. See, because what's so interesting to me is that, like, if I heard a podcast Uh that was explaining GovZero and what's going on, I would be like, okay, this is all I'm going to listen to. Uh Yet, there are no podcasts that do that. How many people are like you? How many of your friends are interested in knowing what Taiwan is doing? No, it's not about Taiwan. Okay. Uh, Uh, Every one of my friends is interested in a better form of governance than democracy. Everyone? Everyone. And a better form of Do you have many markets friends? than capitalism. <laughs> Sorry? Do I have Sorry. what? <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad question. Do you have many friends? <laughs> <laughs> I have two friends. Enough, come oh, okay. On. <laughs> Every one of the two. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, I really think if you ask anyone these days, like, are they happy with the way leadership in government is is going. I agree. Not everyone is happy or satisfied, but very few people take actions. And I, I don't know how to engage them or how to motivate them to become more active. I'm not saying that everyone needs yeah. to go to the street and then protest and then become activists. Although when I was in San Francisco, um, every year the parade and uh, Women's March, there were a lot of people. So I would thought that political participation is huge in the well, United States. You're just looking at a one city. Right? Yeah, and true. so like you take away California, take away New York, and then, you know, everything sort of... But then... Um, but then even if you look at, okay, what tools do you have in California? I know about that place the best, of course. That's where I'm from. 
they don't have any tools like this. I mean, they're not like during COVID, there was a project called Corona Data Scraper that I really loved. And it was an open source project where people, it was very GovZero-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in America, public health is like a county level thing. And so you had these county officials that were putting up PDFs that were reporting or web pages that were reporting um, uh, statistics like number of infections, things like this. And people were going to these websites, going to these PDFs, scraping the information out, writing parsers that could put it into uh, like big, huge um, CSV files, right? Mm So you can make an API out of it so people could use it. So there was like the start I felt of this kind of grassroots, hey, let's make the data accessible. But then they stopped there. I mean, of course, there were a few dashboards, Mm -hmm. um, but it never really, at least from my perspective, it never really, like no state politician that I know of at least embraced that. Of course, Trump and those guys didn't embrace it. They're like, those those are fake numbers, right? Uh Um, So it never... It never was able to have an like a material impact, right? And I think what what's inspiring is that there was a protest in Taiwan. There was a new method of helping people to organize information, to busting open black boxes, uh-huh. and then there was the feedback from the politicians that okay, I mean, I, I bet they probably didn't like it at first. They're like, ah, oh, I don't know about this thing. Like it's gonna it's gonna make us lose our power. Mm, but, probably. Yeah, but they seem to at least sort of... Became okay. There's a consensus. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a consensus that you can't stop it anyway. But even that's um, a big step. Like the fact that you have to embrace it, you have to use this. Uh-huh. That to me is a huge step. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that... I mean... In America right now, you have mainstream media and you have internet media, and these are separate. Right. They don't, you know, I mean, it's so far apart, whereas in Taiwan, I feel like these are just completely merged. Uh-huh. Like there are, you know, I'm always seeing YouTube videos on mainstream media. Um, and our politicians take YouTube interviews. That, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Whereas in the West, it's like these are separate, uh-huh. right? And somehow it feels like politics and 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 the people are separate still, okay. and and it's this, it's these tools that allowed these to kind of work together that I find so, like, so exciting. Okay, yeah, we can talk about it in future episodes because our time is up. We are getting kicked out of the Good. studio, <laughs> and then I can think about um, how Women's March is organized in San Francisco. I have some impression that I very versus vague. how it's organized here. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, people were using Twitter mostly, but um, we can talk more about it. The, com- yeah. the comparison between Women's March or Pride uh-huh. and Taiwan's street movement. Cool. Uh-huh. That'd be good. Yeah.